Welcome to From Betrayal to Breakthrough. I'm Dr. Debbie Silber, and today's guest is Ariane Thomas. And for the past 35 years, Ariane has studied metaphysics, spiritual teachings, and healing. She's the author of the book, Healing Family Patterns, Ancestral Lineage Clearing for Personal Growth. Her new Amazon bestselling book, Changing Our Genetic Heritage, Creating a New Reality for Ourselves and Future Generations, moves this work into a new realm, incorporating the science of epigenetics in an understandable language for the layman. Ariane demonstrates how to leave behind our ancestors' burdens so that we can create a positive life filled with vibrant health, positive relationships, abundance, and happiness for ourselves and future generations to come. She also co-authored an international women's anthology, The Female Factor, A Confidence Guide for Women. And, you know, I often talk about healing from the roots, but my next guest, Ariane, will be talking about healing from roots that may have started growing many generations and centuries ago. She's going to talk about ancestral lineage clearing and how something like betrayal can get passed down from one generation generation to the next. The good news, we can go back, clear it, and heal it for the future generations. This is going to be an interesting conversation. Here's Ariane. I am so excited because we have Ariane Thomas here with us today, and we're going to be talking about, you know, this is, of course, we always talk about betrayal, and we usually associate it with uh, someone close to us in our everyday life, but, you know, a lot of times this has a, a, a genetic or a, um, a heritage factor to it. We're, gonna, we're just going to learn so much more, so I'm not even going to say any more, and I'm just going to welcome Ariane. Welcome. Debbie, thank you for inviting me. I'm excited to be here too. Wonderful. So let's just get started. How do patterns of betrayal arise in families and genetic generic uh, genetic, genetic heritage? heritage. Yeah. yeah, it's been a long day. <laughs> <laughs> well, what I have found in dealing with clients is that there are family beliefs that um, turn into patterns that come down through our generations around betrayal and cheating and uh, f- and um, how we interact with others that we don't even see. Mm-hmm. And go ahead. So, so when you when you say that, like, what would be some some of those things that we just bring from you know within our family experience that that we just don't even realize we're carrying forward? Let me give you some specific examples because it's mm-hmm. always easier to talk about people than it is about you know um, genes. Sure. Okay, I had a client who came from a family of business successes and failures. Her grandfather was very successful several times. He engaged in several businesses that made hundreds of thousands of dollars in the early 1900s. And he went bankrupt three times because his business partners embezzled from him, cheated him, and sold out his business out from under him. And was this a betrayal? You bet. Mm-hmm. And this came down in the businesses of his children and now his grandchildren. 
my client had made millions. And again, the same pattern occurred with her. She went into business with a partner. They made lots of money and her partner embezzled from her and she lost her business and was homeless for a while until she, until she started up another one. And she got into personal relationships where her partner cheated on her and betrayed her and she didn't even see it coming. Mm. So let's talk about that then. So you're saying that the this relative, the grandfather uh, had this business and, and was betrayed and, and then it happened again. How, how is it? Where is that genetic component there? How does that happen? Memories get passed down through our genes into our children and our grandchildren. And they are triggered by actions that we see happening around us in our families. So it's not just our genes. It's like, oh, no, I have the betrayal gene. I can't do anything about it. What happens is we come from families where these behavior patterns are played out in the family so that we don't see that we pick partners that are inclined towards cheating, that are inclined towards being untrustworthy, that are inclined towards not being faithful or um, uh, respecting us. Mm -hmm. And so those memories come down and those environments where we have people in our lives that treat us badly reinforce the behaviors that trigger the bad genes and memories in our lives. Okay. So I guess I'm just a little bit, I just want to clarify, where's the difference here between uh, nature versus nurture? Because I'm sure the listeners are saying, okay, but that sounds like, am I, am I learning that because I'm seeing it or it's in my genes? That's, if you could just dive in a little deeper right there, I think that would really help us. Sure. And that has been the question that has been on people's minds for the last hundred years. And there's always been this debate between the physical geneticist that says we're already pre-programmed and we can't do anything about it because our genes control us and the, shall we say, the soft um, scientists who say our environment programs us and whatever we're taught in the family, that's what programs us to lean this way and um, grow up and become what we become. And... What we have now discovered is that there is a new science called epigenetics. Epa from the Greek, that means upon, and genetics means our genes. And what they have shown is that when we are born, about 97% of our genes come in clean. So that they're basically like building blocks. Like you have a house and you have your bricks and you have your um, wood and you have your tiles and you have all of the things that go into a house and they're just sitting there. 
and they can go into any form we want to put them in so that your genes are clear. Now, what happens is everything that occurs in our life, our environment, our emotions, what people tell us, what we learn from our culture, all take those building blocks and put them into patterns, including our environment, what our parents teach us, what we learn on television, what our friends teach us. And those are the epigenetic triggers that turn our good genes on or, or turn our bad genes on, turn our good genes on, and we can turn them on or off as we grow up, as we learn, and as we grow. Okay, so just to sum up what you're saying, just if I'm understanding this correctly, and it sounds kind of like what, I, what I've understood, that we can all have, a, and not in a, let's say, talking about betrayal, but let's say in disease, we can all have, a, have a, a gene for something, but whether it's expressed or not has to do with, let's say, our lifestyle. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Okay. And the same is true with betrayal. You may have a family history of betrayal, you don't have to play that out if you are trained differently and that betrayal gene is not turned on and expressed. But it's pretty hard not to turn that on if you're around everyone who betrays you, if you're around people who are victims and who play into that betrayal scenario all the time. Mm-hmm. Okay, so just to... just for everybody, there's, there's not a betrayal gene necessarily. No, no, no. <laughs> okay. All right. So it's just that, that we can have this, let's say predisposition to exactly. it. And, but whether it's played out or not has to do with so many factors. So let's just say we're predisposed to it. We have the, uh, you know, we've come from a, a lineage of it and it's, it's passed on to us, uh, the the genetic would you say that's the genetic transfer of these memories and belief patterns and behavioral patterns then then what happens tell us what happens at that point so it's it's in us what makes it so that it's either let's say expressed or not expressed it, you're exactly right exactly what you said we get this transfer of memories that show up in our lives And so when we start having experiences that reinforce the belief that we're going to be betrayed, that people are going to cheat on us, that they're not trustworthy, then our behavior expresses or reinforces the belief that people can't be trusted. Mm -hmm. And that leads to a lack of trust. And that leads our partners to go, well, she doesn't trust me. I guess if she doesn't trust me, I'm going to go out and cheat. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go out and I'm going to go out and do what I want because it doesn't make any difference what I'm going to do. She doesn't trust me anyway. Mm-hmm. And so it sets up this cycle. It sets up this cycle that continues on and on until that cycle is broken. Mm-hmm. And and I want to talk about how to break that cycle. And, and it sounds 
like, and I know I just so simply say you're saying in a, in a, such an interesting way. I mean, I simply just say what we feed grows, you know, if we mm-hmm. have this belief and that's what we keep feeding, well, then that's what we soon start to believe. Is that, that sounds like the same thing. That's what you're really saying that, that if we, so we can have this genetic predisposition, somehow it's trapped in our, in our memory, uh, past, passed on. And if we grab hold of that and we sort of feel that fire and believe those beliefs, then we express them and then it's manifested. Absolutely. You said it so succinctly that that is absolutely correct. And the way to break that pattern is to heal it. Until you heal the wounds that we've inherited, until you heal the wounds that create that pattern, the pattern will continue to grow, the pattern will continue to manifest in your life, and the pattern will continue to show up in your children and in your grandchildren and in future generations. And we certainly don't want that to happen. Of course. So how do we do that? The first thing you do is become aware of it. Until you acknowledge that there is a problem with betrayal, with cheating, with a lack of trust, and that you're a part of it, then you can't do anything about it. And the second thing you do is you have to heal yourself. You can never fix that other person. You can never stop your partner from cheating. You can never stop your partner from uh, womanizing or embezzling or disrespecting you. You have to heal yourself. And the science that is coming out of um, the new gene therapy of epigenetics has shown that we have absolute control over our destiny. We have absolute control over our genes and what we can do in our lives. And that's the good news. Mm. So the genes are at the root of it. So of course, I'm just going to keep drilling down even deeper then. So how do we heal from the, from the roots? How do we heal those genes so we don't keep this going another generation? Well, they have found that meditation and mindfulness actually repairs damaged DNA. Isn't that amazing? Mm. So, and, and can you explain the difference between mindfulness and meditation? Yes, they are two different things, mm-hmm. but what they, what both of them do is they they get you out of the chaos of the mind. They get you out of your concern and your, your, um, the patterns that you get into of worry and fear and guilt and the constant churning. And they get you into the relief of stress. They get you into the stillness and they get you to quiet down so that your stress reduces, your anxiety reduces, and over the long term, all of those hormones in your body even out and, and level out 
so that you can think more clearly. Mm -hmm. Mindfulness, on the other hand, clears your mind so that you begin to pay attention to what goes on in your life. If you have a pattern of a lack of trust and expecting people to disrespect you, to cheat on you, to steal your money, to um, disrespect your relationship, then when you get into the habit of mindfulness, you can step away from what is happening in your life, take an observer's position and go, hmm, I wonder why that happened. What did I do to trigger that? Where did this lack of trust come from? And you can begin to change your behavior. You can begin to short circuit the behaviors that trigger the chaos. Mm-hmm. And I know there was, there are many types of mindfulness practices and so many different ways to meditate. Are there certain types of mindfulness practices and, and meditation, types of meditation that are really helpful in, in this case to clear some of this? I have to say, Debbie, that the research studies have not um, have not pointed to any specific meditation. Mm-hmm. They, they have studied meditation in various forms. There are 15 to 25 different studies. They've all, all used different forms of research, meditation, practices, and every one of them that gets you to lower the stress hormones in your body, lower the anxiety, and get to that still point in your mind, body, and spirit, Mm -hmm. all give you the same results. So that's actually good news. So it's not even that there's just one type. It's anything that's any type of meditation or mindfulness practice that just gets you to reduce your stress is a is a good start. Yes. And let me give you this caveat too. You can't just do it for a week. Mm-hmm. Um, this is not a three-day meditation program. This is a long-term meditation practice that really gets settled in your body so that when everybody has those days of chaos, Mm -hmm. everybody has those days when things go wrong, the kids are late for school, there's the weather is bad and the car doesn't start. Those are the days when these long-term meditation practices go, okay, just breathe. It'll be okay. You can get through this so that the meditation practice has got to become a part of your life mm-hmm. so that your stress doesn't get out of hand. Mm-hmm. And how do we know when it's working? It's working when you can move through your life and not let the world control your life. Mm-hmm. You control the world. That's okay. And and what's so wonderful about something like mindfulness practices or, or meditation, you can do that on your own. But I know that there are certain instances where you need some you need some intervention. What would be what would be something, let's say, that that you would do 
uh, or that that another expert would do when when this stuff is just in there and and you know generation after generation is struggling with the same thing. I mean, at what point would you say, okay, that's because it's it's deep within the cells here, and we have to we have to go in? What would you do in a case like that? Um. Debbie, this is a question that I get all the time, and this is why this is why clients come to me when there are deeply traumatic experiences that have continued in the pat continued in the family for generations. That's when you need outside help to support you in working through these issues. And let me give you a specific example. The reason I got into ancestral lineage clearing is there was multi-generational sexual abuse in my family. Mm. When you're coming to an issue such as sexual abuse of children um, and continuing sexual abuse through throughout multiple family members for an extended period of time, that's very difficult for someone to deal with through meditation. Mm. When you're talking about a series of generational patterns of theft and cheating and um, bankruptcy, that kind of thing is very difficult for a person to work through on their own because it, it clearly is set very deeply in your cells. And that's when you may want to seek help. Counseling can help. Just get through the emotional trauma of things. And um, the same thing is true with domestic abuse. When you've been through two or three marriages where there has been domestic abuse, not only of the spouse, but of the children, it's very difficult to break those patterns without support. Right. So what happens during a, a, an ancestral lineage clearing my background is Native American, and um, I do what is known as shamanic journeying. And this is a tradition that all of the indigenous people throughout the world have done for hundreds of years. They know that our ancestors love us, and they want to help us. They may have made mistakes, but they certainly didn't want to burden their children and their descendants with the mistakes that they made. And so they would like to help us clear whatever patterns that they left behind. Mm -hmm. And so on a shamanic journey, what I do with my clients is we um, set an intention to find the original ancestor that started this unwanted pattern in the family. And then we go on a deep meditation journey that goes back through time and space to find the original ancestor that started this family pattern. Oh, that's so interesting. So you, so you go back and find the original person. How many generations do you go back we go back hundreds or thousands of years. Wow. We are not limited. I've gone back to the Egyptian pharaohs. I have gone back um, to caveman days. I've gone back to the 1920s. Um, I've That's gone back to medieval times. 
Mm-hmm. It simply depends on when this all started. Mm-hmm. And, and the interesting thing is, whenever we ask for the ancestor to help us, that ancestor is always waiting for us. And you're asking for help for them to do what? We're asking for them to look at their life and see where that pattern began. And then we ask for them to change their life and change the pattern. And they choose to make a different decision in their life and to change that pattern. And Debbie, I've been doing this for 15 years and I have never had an ancestor refuse. So I just want to make sure I'm getting this right. So you go, you take someone on it. It's a shamanic journey. You take them back to the original ancestor. You ask the original ancestor to change his or her decision Mm -hmm. and they agree. And then tell me what happens from there. Let me give you a specific example. Mm -hmm. This will, this will make it easier, easier to, to explain. Say the original ancestor married a man for his wealth and power when she was 18. And it turns out that he wanted a young, beautiful wife. And so they married. And she was basically miserable because all he wanted were heirs. And he ignored her and, um, you know, had half a dozen concubines because he didn't care what she thought. She, she was just his... Uh, trophy wife. Mm -hmm. And she spent the rest of her life regretting that decision because she had all the wealth that she wanted, but she had no love. And her children um, basically disrespected her because she was treated shamefully. And so they um, basically bonded with the father who had all the power and the wealth. Mm -hmm. So she died unhappy and shamed. We ask her to go back to a point in her life to change that pattern and to make a different choice. So she goes back to when she's 18 and, uh, and chooses a different partner. Now her parents want her to marry this wealthy man because he has all this power and wealth and they get a benefit from having a wealthy daughter. But she refuses to follow her parents' advice and marry the man of wealth. So she decides not to marry at that point, but she waits a year or two and marries a scribe, a, a educated man who writes out letters for the elite in the culture. Mm-hmm. So he becomes, he becomes the secretary to a politician, to maybe the um, to maybe the second in command of the uh, king, mm-hmm. and he eventually becomes middle class and not really wealthy, but he's comfortable, mm-hmm. and she it loves him, and they love each other. They still have the same amount of children, but the children see them having a happy family. She is respected. She is adored. They love their mother. 
Um, she goes out in the community and helps other women. She has her own life. She adores her children and she dies happy and fulfilled. Okay. So the story changes and, and now, but this is a shamanic journey for the person who's let's say in your office and now what happens with them? So they, they come out of this now, I guess it's almost like rewriting, rewriting history. And, yes. and how, what happens to them? How do they feel waking up from this experience and what does it, what does it lead to for them? What my clients always tell me is that they can feel the shift in their bone. Mm. And this is not the end of what we do because what we do is we clear out the energy from the old lifetime and we bring back the, the happy energy of the new lifetime and we reset the energy in the present of that happy lifetime. Mm. We reset it by, get, I give them, my clients, exercises to do to reset that energy in their life. Because, you know, if you clear out negative energy, uh, if you don't do anything to reset it, the negative energy will gradually filter back in. So I give them exercises to reset that positive energy in their energy field so that it remains and then it resonates out to everyone in their DNA field, mm-hmm. including their children, their grandchildren, and everyone that's related. And do they feel as if they've cleared this, they've healed this? I mean, what do they, you're saying they feel a shift. What, what, what do they know? So they, they leave knowing that it will not continue after that, the behaviors change. What, what do they walk out with? Again, let me give you a specific example. Mm-hmm. Um, in my family, we have heart disease. My mother does, died of a heart attack. I had a sister at 48 that had two heart attacks and almost died. Mm. My brother has four stents in his heart. And after my sister's second heart attack, once she was stabilized, I don't work on anyone who's in crisis. Mm-hmm. I went back and I shifted heart disease in my family. This was 10 years ago. I also had a couple of nieces who have high cholesterol, high triglycerides, and, you know, were in line for getting heart problems. Mm -hmm. Since that date, my sister who had the two heart attacks is on no heart medication. Her heart is stable. She's doing fine. Her cardiologist cleared her and said, "Eh, come back in a year and I'll check you out. Mm. My brother who doesn't believe in this woo-woo stuff, um, said, ah, oh, go away, leave me alone. I don't even want to hear about it. Is stable. He's on no heart medication. He's doing just fine. My nieces, their, heart, their triglycerides are lower. Their cholesterol is lower. They have been cleared um, of present heart factors. And um, their, their um, physicians have said, oh, you're doing fine. You know, we'll, we'll check you on your next physical, but um, hey, it looks like you're okay. Wonderful. Wonderful. You know, it's so interesting because I always talk about healing from the roots, but this is like the real roots <laughs> back uh, many, many generations ago. So such interesting information. Ariane, how do we learn more about you? Where do we go? 
I have a website um, that you can go to, and it's ancestrallineageclearing.com. Wonderful. And we'll have all of your information in the show notes. Ariane, I want to thank you so much. This is truly a very different way to heal from betrayal. So uh, I know, I know that you, you really uh, gave some, shed some light on a very interesting way. And, and I'm sure a lot of people would, uh, are going to look forward to diving in even deeper. Thank you so much. Wasn't that so interesting? Who knew you could rewrite history like that? It reminded me of that scene in Back to the Future where I think it was Marty who punched Biff, something like that, and it changed the course of his life. Interesting stuff. To stay in touch with Ariane, just go to ancestrallineageclearing.com and we'll have her information in the show notes at pbtinstitute.com forward slash podcast. Here's my biggest takeaway. Just as we can hold genes for disease, and it's a number of factors that determine if those genes are expressed, according to what Ariane shared, it's the same thing for betrayal. No, there's not a betrayal gene, but for those experiences, they do get passed on to the cells and transferred from one generation to the next. Just another interesting way to move forward and heal. And if the pain of betrayal is keeping you sick, sad, and stuck, you may be struggling with post-betrayal syndrome. Take the quiz and see over at pbtinstitute.com forward slash quiz and let us support you. Go to Facebook and join our group, Women Hacking Betrayal, where we give information, tools, and support to help you move forward and heal once and for all. Can't wait to be with you next time. And here's to your breakthrough.